when you believe like, man, these are great leads. I'm going to have a positive outcome. I'm going to change my life. What ends up happening is you do the actions that then create it. And I think that's where it is. I think it's like the law of attraction. I do think there is like an energy. Everything in life is energy transfer. It's like, you know, sales, yeah. energy transfer, all that stuff. So if you're putting positive vibes out there, you're going to get positive vibes back. I actually do. Right. That. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. Something I was actually, uh, I went live in the group of gym owners this morning. And this is something I think that you're really going to have some pretty good input on. It's actually something that uh, Josh and I were talking about yesterday on our meeting. And it was about the law of attraction. Because we were talking about well, a gym owner, you know, I think he's breaking even. Uh, middle of the road, never really have like monumental success or anything like that. Starts running ads and you can totally relate probably your, your lawyer clients and they're like, the leads come in and it's like, oh, this leads too far away or this person's not from a good enough area or I don't know if this person's going to have enough money or something like that. And that's what that person's focusing on. And as a result, like not really, there's zero signups have happened. Whereas another gym owner, literally like, Leads started coming in. He's like, oh my gosh, this lead flow is insane. These are the perfect clients. I can just tell these are my ideal people. I'm going to be able to help them. And as a result, yeah. even though this person's never run ads before, actually, it's interesting. And I have another kind of like sure, story to share with that. This week alone, he's already added like four clients. And by the way, he hadn't added like any new clients at all. And this dude was down to his last 15 bucks in his bank account um, prior to changing that around. But his, the entire time, he was like, this is going to work. I know it's going to be successful. These clients are great. You got the other person who's like, I don't know about these clients kind of putting it out there. So Josh was even talking about, it. he's like, that's just law of attraction. He's like, you put negative out- energy out there. You focus on the negative things, negative outcomes are going to happen. Same thing with this guy was like, he's putting that positive energy out there. He's focusing on the positive things. So he's focusing on, hey, in this list of 100 leads, 5, 10, 15, 20 perfect clients. Yeah. Whereas the other guy's focusing on, I got 5, 10, 15 terrible people that aren't a good fit as opposed to the five to 20 that are going to be great. And it was just actually kind of interesting. And I think, I know I, there was a period of time for probably, and we kind of talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Like I went through like probably a solid year where I didn't really think like, I didn't have the best positive outlook on things. So as a result, it kind of was like just a middle of the road year. Like I was getting my shit together. I was focusing on some different areas. Um, you know, so I had a lot of positive energy what, in those areas, but I had a lot of, I think it was, was it 20, uh, 2020, 2021 or whatever. I think it was more 2021, but I was kind of like, just, I went through, I was like, I don't even care about, like, I'm not trying to grow a business right now at all. I'm trying to just work on myself and stuff like that. But also in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this again. That was actually a lot of the thoughts that I had. Like, oh man, I only, I had my one big business. I can't replicate this. I'm a failure. Like those actually thoughts came up a lot. Uh, and it wasn't, and then it was like the, the, the flip switched again, switched the flip again. Um, but that's not even what I want to talk about today though, but I thought kind of leading in with that, cause I know that's kind of also in a belief structure that you have too, is like, I, I can manifest, I can create the outcome that I want. So I, well, I think, I think it's like, and I, I love the topic, but I think it gets, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think it gets misconstrued. Like mm-hmm. that you can just think about something and manifest something and attract it to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's more for like people like me that don't believe in like magic, right? Like it, there's truth to it, but 
if you break it down to the simple thing, like I've never seen a, when I was younger, I was, I used to like Ford Focuses. I don't know why they suck, but I was just like, like when they had that new restyle and this was like maybe in the <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And then I noticed that car everywhere. When I saw one, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. I noticed it everywhere. Right. So I don't think necessarily that we're like attracting them things or like all of a sudden things are coming to, I think that we are more primed to notice them and take action on them or see the good in them. And, um, you know, like you say, all the clients are good. If you look at the good of a client, right. Um, you're, you're, you're able to notice an outcome to where, Hey, this might've not been my ideal client, but I got three referrals off of them and I learned a valuable lesson in training them. Right. So I think that it primes you. Cause I think the good's always there. And the positive yeah. are always there, but you, but by, by training your mindset on that, you're priming yourself to, to see that and notice it when it's there. When, when you said like an attorney, we had an attorney who was like, oh, I'm not calling this lead. Um, you typically, he saw the description typically leads like this, like don't end up turning out. So he like never even called them. I'm like, but how did you, you haven't called him to find out. Yeah, and yeah, if he, yeah. he primed himself to think that this is a negative and this isn't going to work. When he could have been like, Hey, it's just practice. It's typically not, but this could be the one in a million case and think positively. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's attracting it. It was there. You just pre- you just took action on it and notice it now. If you're well, thinking the good so thing, I think it's the two things. The one thing with that. So I do. The first thing is I do believe it's the energy you put out there is the energy you're going to attract. So if you're a negative person, you're going to attract negative people. You're going to attract negative situations because, or partly because, I think there is some some magical. Good people are going to run away from you. That. They're going to run from you fast. Yeah. But also it's like when you believe like, man, these are great leads. I'm going to have a positive outcome. I'm going to change my life. What ends up happening is you do the actions that then create it. And I think that's where it is. I think it's like the law of attraction. I do think there is like an energy. Everything in life is energy transfer. It's like, you know, sales, energy transfer, all that stuff. So if you're putting positive vibes out there, you're going to get positive vibes back. I actually do that. If you put negative energy out there, you're going to get negative shit. You're right. But also your actions that you're going to take, if you believe that this is going to work, that these leads are good, that I this might be the one in a million, you are then yeah. going to do. Because that's exactly it. He's like, I'm not even going to call this person. And that was the action. Like, oh, this is not even going to go, like, how do you know? Whereas the other yeah. person's like, this might be the one. This might be the person that I changed right. their fucking life. And then as a result, they call. And the other thing is like, when I was talking to, uh, and I'm just like so pumped with this gym owner, just because honestly, like he was in a fucking shit situation. Yeah. He literally got, he had like 15 clients. He was, you know, he was like a typical gym owner who spent way too much money on their build out, but didn't have the marketing and sales skills. He'd been learning that stuff. He had a full-time job. So like he spent too much money on build out his bit, his most of his energy was going elsewhere and it was supplying the fact that he was losing money every single month. Well, he got fired from his job. So he had no other income. He had 15 bucks left in his bank account. So I was like, fuck dude. I was like, this is what you need to do. I actually generally hate paid in fulls, but you need to do some right. paid in fulls. So here's a paid in full play to get as many of your people to, to pay in full for a membership so you can get some cash, so you can have some, you know, kind of like relax and have a little bit of runway. And then also, since you do semi-private training, here's this offer that you're going to put out there for semi-private training that's super high ticket and you're going to get some yeah. people in. He did exactly that, got a couple of G's as a result. And he just implemented, even though like he was a little down, he's like looking, he's like, I got 15 bucks left in my bank account. Like, oh shit. And then literally changed it. And then he was like, all right, now I have the actual money to run ads, you know? And then even, back, even just spending back, like 25 bucks a, yeah, back bucks a day, but right there. back was against the wall. And next thing you know, he's like, 
he's the abs are up. He's seen they're the great clients or ideal leads. So he's calling, he's putting the 14 to 16 hour days in, in order to change the situation because he believes he can, that he can change it just with, you know, with what he has in place. And right. as a result, he's adding clients every single day. It's really, right. you know, so it's really cool. So that's what I was like, kind of like started thinking about where then you have sometimes those people that are just like, Oh, the situation is going to change. These people are broke. And it's like, well, that's why you actually attract, you don't, one, you can't even attract anybody to work for you. It's the same belief, like, oh, employees suck. I can, there's no good people that want to work right now. Right. Well, if that's what you believe, that's what you're going to get. But you'll never see the good so, in them either, and you're just going to run all yeah. the employees out the door. Yeah. You read the 48 Laws of Power, right? Nope. Good book. But there's a chapter <laughs> yeah. that says, I think it's 13. I think 13 is avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Oh, uh, it's so true. It's like, it's like you ever met, and I, I think like when I first read it, I thought of like, you know, somebody in high school that was I'm like wow they're just miserable they're always like frazzled yeah. there's always something wrong it's always I'm like and it just keeps coming back to them so like I get it I believe there's a component to the energy thing but like mm. I I start to like I think my mind needs to rationalize and like make things like not so I can't understand energy and how it works so like I I, I kind of mm-hmm. I, I want like a tactical simple way to like understand it so that's why I go that route but yeah yeah, dude, it, it's your mindset's everything. And it, and this is like funny that you came up with the subject and we didn't plan this at, at all because I was reading Atomic Habits this morning. I just started it. Okay. And he was yeah. talking about goals, right? And it's not enough to just set goals. It's like, what's your structure and your plan to get there, right? And he's like, structure is almost more important than a goal because like you can hit a goal without having a goal just by having the structure, just by having the daily routine and the daily structure. He's like, you know, yeah. if, if a basketball team, instead of setting the goal to win a championship, let's just to have the structure because you set a goal to win a championship and then the structure is to, you know, coach your, your coaches up and make sure they lead their players and put the right practices in place and, you know, yada, 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 and yeah. whatever. He's like, but you can just do the, the structure part. You might win a championship, right? Like you don't even have to have the goal. So it's like really important yeah. to like, you know, have, have that, have that, um, I don't even know how I got on that tangent, but it's kind of similar to well, our topic today. It's the saying it's, you know, a, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Right. So it's like, hey, here's this dream. But if I want to make this dream a reality, I got to have the plan and the strategy. And then I got to take the action steps. It's the, right. you know, it's having that like big, hairy, audacious goal that you're right. chasing. This like, I want to have all of these things and this business thing and this life, this thing. Then it's like, cool. If I want to do that, what are the process goals? What am I doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, multi year basis in order to actually get there? And, Chances are, if you actually just do those things on a daily yeah. basis, you'll get your you'll get whatever your wish was, whatever your dream was, because you're making it a real. You're taking the action steps. But you have to and have that mindset. Like, you have to be. You have to yeah. have like a winning mindset, not a negative mindset. If you look at things bad, like, yeah. like I'm not going to do it. And I, I I listen to a lot of business owners, like you said, listen to a lot of attorneys. Like these leads all suck. Like I had somebody yeah. complain to me. They signed six cases off of seven grand, which is really good. And that's, that's awesome. Th- yeah, and their their cost per case on average in the industry is like fifteen hundred to two thousand. They signed six off of seven okay. grand, and the, we talked about it at the end of the month when they're looking to continue, and they had a complaint. And the yeah. complaint was that they had to work too hard to get it. That they had to work through too yeah. many leads. We're like, we told you fifteen percent of these are going to convert. The average, I think, in the industry cost per acquisition for gyms is between it's like one hundred and fifty two hundred bucks to acquire a client. You know, I remember the for us. It was $67 across my eight locations. And that's when I just went out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an offer that's a big F you to everybody around me. Because I know that my cost practice is 67 bucks, which is super cheap. But also because we have the recurring revenue, we don't need to make money 
day one. We can make money, you know, we, we can wait till month two or three and we'll be fine. Obviously, I prefer to make money as early as possible, but I can wait hours. Not a lot of other people kept. So that's when we put the offer together, you know, 30 days for 67 bucks, even though I don't generally like low barrier offers. But also, I believe so much in our process because also looking at the numbers, our attrition across all eight locations was under 5%. Industry average is 10%. Eight locations average was 4.6 or whatever for, for my eight. So I did a double your money back guarantee. I don't know. This is completely irrelevant, but it was like, I knew so well that like, Hey, one, I didn't need to get money day one. Uh, what we were delivering was so awesome. Like here's this killer offer out there that other people like really couldn't compete with. And we were trying to attract it. That offer would attract a different person than like our, our flagship offer too. And that was exactly um, what it was for. But I also believed in it so much of what I was doing that the actions would happen and our product was great. Just like a gym owner out here, I started working with, like you were talking about the average cost per acquisition, knowing that it was like 150 right now or whatever, $200 for some gym owners or something like 400 or whatever, you know, or a hundred or whatever. Generally it's like, Hey, for every, um, you know, 10%. So let's say Steven say it's a hundred for, for the good ones or whatever. We had a guy who was like so fucking pumped. They've spent, I wish I could check. They, they've spent like 276 bucks on their ads and have acquired and have acquired thirty clients. That's insane, dude. That's <laughs> insane. I'm like, I'm like where's this market? I'm open. I'm opening up a gym there. Where's dude, this market? He's like, he's like, I need to. Uh, he's like, I think we need to turn ads off and down. I'm like, I don't think you should. I was like, maybe Get turn them down. You got you got momentum. Like, keep on rolling this. Like, start it. We're like, sign people up now to start later, so you can over deliver on who you have now. But it was also because this person believed. They're like. Like the conversations were, I'm so good. You know, it's good. We're going to crush. Like I get them in here and I change their life. And that's like exactly with Legion. Like I believe so much in the product. It's like, I'll open it up in any market. And that's why we're, we're getting excited to really ramp up next year and start awarding more franchises because I know the product's so good. Our marketing right. is better than anybody else out there. So we just got to go out there and we're going to help people. But those are the beliefs that we have. There's other people. They just don't have that sometimes, which is fine. Cool. Uh, even in sales, right? Like if you don't believe in your product, you can't sell. And like you're just you – yeah. people will see right through you. Like they won't buy into what you have. Yeah. So I remember like when I was at Ben's, there was um, the CEO there. I was like, you know, top dog. I was selling a lot of cars. was doing well. I was under the mindset of like I'll, I'm just a seller. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm, I'm sales, sales, sales. These are cars. It is what it is. And like yeah. we do like product walkarounds and somebody was like smarter than me in one of the cars and they knew more shit about all the stuff. And like I said to the COO, I'm like, it doesn't matter. That dude will never sell more cars than me. And he's like, well, product knowledge is really important. And like to a degree, he's right, right? Like, and I see now why product knowledge is wrong, but I, but I, but I, but I disagree in one aspect. I think that your knowledge, like it doesn't have to be so deep to where you know, like what kind of metals are using for the struts to do that. Like that is irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to know the product enough to have conviction that it is the best thing for your client, whether it be a car, whether yep. it be a fitness program, you need to know your product to be like, wow, that is an unbelievable deal for the amount of money we're charging. And this is the best route to change this person's life or put them in the best, safest vehicle possible that you need. So product knowledge is important to a certain degree. You need to understand it and be convicted that that's the best in the market. I a hundred percent agree with you. I was, uh, I think that too, sometimes we- especially like for trainers and gym owners, they have so much product knowledge. They have so much knowledge, exercise science. 
that's what they then focus on and they go deep on it. And the client's like, right. I don't care. Like if right. I'm driving a car, like, is this car going to make me, depending on the prospect, the buyer, is this car going to make me look cool? Is it going to get me from point A to point B? Is it going to be comfortable? Like right. I was thinking look cool because you're at Mercedes and stuff like that. Right. And let's be real. Like for a lot of people, status is a real important, like why That's they why buy, I buy all things. my cars. I literally buy all my yeah. cars for status. So some people Every car will get you where you like, got to go, dude. You can buy a Kia yeah. or a Ferrari. Yeah. They will both accomplish the same thing. Yeah. One will accomplish people staring at you and feeding your ego, making you feel good about yourself. But they both get yeah. you from point A to point B. Point A to point B. Which like <laughs> speaking of you, know, that's why I started giggling when we were talking Benz. Because I remember when I first walked – because that's how we met was with yeah. Benz. Which also, by the way, it completely – there's something here too because your mom – and I think we've talked about this before yeah. – said like before we even ever met that we do business yeah. together yeah. which is crazy yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was weird <laughs> yeah so like when i uh i remember walking to benz and nobody like i remember like because i it was i went to one benz dealership because i knew I, I was i was buying i was either buying it was a wilmington one right which i had one and i went to the wilmington benz i walked around mm -hmm. nobody even came and talked to me so I was like, all right, F you. So I left and I went to the Westchester. In all fairness, you look like a cowboy. You had like a leather jacket and cowboy boots on. When we're like the Northeast outside of Philly, we're, they're probably like, what the F is wrong with this dude? I think, well, <laughs> well it was also winter. And uh, I have a problem where I have I have a ridiculous leather jacket collection, um, which I barely For some reason, when you're growing up doing like the, uh, what is it, Cowboys and Indians, you were always the cowboy. When you grew up, you're like, I always. can afford an actual cowboy outfit. You're like, fuck it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> And now I live in cowboy area, but I don't. Right. Actually, one of the reasons I moved out to Montana too is because I wanted to get a ranch. So I still want to get a ranch one day, but I was like, that's a lot of work. Dude, you're living out um, your cowboy fantasy from childhood. This is true. Every step There's something away. there that I didn't even know. Yeah, this is 100% true. <laughs> but I do remember when I walked into Ben's, like the first guy just like completely blew me off. Like, so the first dealership completely blew me off. The yeah. second dealership, the second dealership, the first dude blew me off. And then I bought a car then. And then the next year I bought two cars. I didn't yeah. fall through on the, on the third one, but it was like, the fuck? Um, but I do agree. It wasn't the person that had probably the most product knowledge. It was the one that actually believed in a product and, gave, and was able to connect with the person. And that's, I think, the most important. Shout out to Matt like, Remel at Mercedes-Benz of Fort yeah. Washington. You are not the person with the most product knowledge, but you are the one that's willing. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. <laughs> You are the one that's willing no to idea. talk to anybody and work with anybody and work a great deal. So if you guys live in the Philly area, go see uh, Matt Remo at Fort Washington, Mercedes-Benz. But don't go for him <laughs> and ask him what the struts, what type of steel the struts are made out of because he will not know that. No, he's he a great salesman and a good friend. <laughs> but if you're, hey, if you're buying that shit, you should know that anyway. Like that's what you should be looking into to know the different product spec. Um but yeah, I don't know. That's that's hilarious. And this is so when I was like today, I was like, what should we talk about? And when I was reading this morning, I'm reading um, Ready uh, Ready Fire Aim for yeah. the first time. Even though like I've used the title of the book as how I operate businesses. Period. And I've never read yeah. the book, but uh, so I started reading it. I think I bought that like a week ago. Can we think? And I think kind of like today does kind of like carry over. Where I was like, hey, let's why don't we chat about. Kind of what are some of your core beliefs and traits and skills that you think you have that allow you to be? Oh, look at that! Yeah, that allow you. To I told you I bought it the other day. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm really digging it. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting back to uh, reading in the morning. So I was like, I, my body keeps waking me up between four and five for some damn reason. I was like, let me just like spend that time to read. And I forgot how awesome it is to yeah. start my day like 
not on my fucking phone reading and like just i just obviously crave knowledge so like you but so i was reading that and it's like he talks about the four phases like zero to one one to ten i think ten to fifty or something like that in 50 to 100 um and i could be wrong on that but uh so it made me start thinking because obviously you started your you started your second i guess like actually you've had multiple businesses um and as have i the first five were so what do you but what do you think what do you think are the skills and traits you need in order to like to get your business from zero to one what do you think those are that's kind of what i was curious about talking today just because like thinking about like i know with the lawyers that you work with a lot of the gym owners that I work with, like there's two, there's like kind of like two phases. It's like the zero to one, which is like, Hey, I'm starting or I'm struggling. I haven't gotten traction. It's like, all right, cool. And then it's like, you know, one to 10, which is I've gotten the traction I'm building the team and all that stuff. But I'd be curious to tell you to talk about, I don't know, just, I don't know, maybe some of the key traits that you think have to be there in order to be successful, which I actually think the belief and mindset is like core. You have to believe you're going to be successful. If you didn't, you wouldn't have tried eight times. So you right. did kind of thing, so but. remember that question because I'm going to get back to it. And I'm going to answer it in a really roundabout way uh, via route of what you just said right there, the belief. So kind of going back to my story about like, you know, you attract what you what comes to you, right, or whatever. Like in my life, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be successful. Um, and I always pride my mind. I was always reading, right? In Ben's, I was yeah. reading books. I was talking to, I remember Faz. He was another sales rep there. He was a Pakistani guy. Um, and he was, he was, um, he was part of Toastmasters, right? Like the speech. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's part of Toastmasters, like new, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the greatest speaker, like almost of all time. 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You know who he is, Christian guy. Maxwell? John Maxwell? Yes, John Maxwell. So like I'd always be at his desk talking sales, talking like entrepreneurship, talking even when I was just a, an employee at Ben's. Always talking yeah. about these things, always wanting it, right? Um, always priming my mind. And like I was always in the mindset and that this is possible. I'm going to do it somehow, some way. Learning how to set clear goals. Like I remember me and him were sitting out there. We were actually doing the smart goal thing. He was teaching me how to set goals. And like I was always doing this. In the middle of me selling cars, I'm in the back room reading. Or I'm at my desk taking a course or a sales course or something. Like I always yeah. had that stuff going to my mind. So I was priming my mind and I had the positive energy that this is possible. Then when you walked in, I was able to recognize like, okay, there's something here. Like it might've been, so for somebody that wasn't primed like that, or wasn't thinking that way, or didn't have the mindset of like, hey, I'm gonna do this, or this is like possible, or like, you know, I, you know, I can, they might've just met you be like, oh dude, that's cool, my mom went to that gym, that's freaking awesome, dude. And that might've been the end of it. But yeah. like I, every time you came in, I was like picking your brain, like, how'd you do this? How do blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, how much are you making here? And you're like, I know another place you can make more. And you're like, I kind of have a vested interest, but like, of course you're a salesman, right? You're pitching me. And like, I took the bait and I'm like, oh, cool. FTC, I made no income claims whatsoever. <laughs> Just so you are watching this, zero income claims or guarantees were made. In if the, Bob goes to yeah. jail, it's all pitching to bail him out. <laughs> but, you know, it was like... We had, and then I think it, the 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 situation dragged out for like six months or nine months. But like I just said that to like you have to believe. Like the first step is belief. Like I believed that something else was possible, and not only did I believe, but I took action towards it. Like I took courses, I read books, I set goals. I was re reading psych psycho cybernetics. I was reading a bunch of stuff to kind of prime my mind for like what was coming, and I like knew it was possible. And I was I was able to recognize that opportunity. Whether we say the energy brought it to me or whatever, like that, like it just happened. Whatever you want. However you want to say it, it, it was there and I was able to take advantage yeah. of it and I was able to notice it. So, you know, for, for me, like, I think the first step and obviously, you know, I'm writing a book about like attorneys and 
I think the first step is just really believing, right? And not just believing, but like taking steps to understand what it takes to open a business or start a business, right? Yeah. You need to like, it's really cool to go on Instagram. Like I started a business. Like I had somebody email me today, like, hey, dude, I'm trying to run ads on Facebook for um, things. Do you have any tips? I'm like, that's like me asking. It was a fitness person. I was like, that's like me asking you how can I lose weight? You've never seen a picture of me or anything. Like, hey, dude, I see you help people lose weight. Like, how do I lose weight? You've never seen me. You have no clue what I weigh, what I look like, what I've been doing, what I've been eating, nothing. I'm like, I can't answer that question for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to point you in the direction of a course. Take the course and learn it. Mm -hmm. So like, you have to, when you start a business, the first step is belief, but not just belief, it's belief and action. Pick up a book, learn what it takes to run a business, get an idea of it. And understand like what it takes to go into belief and some kind of action. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's, so it's like, that's like super foundational stuff is like having the belief, having the right mindset and then action, but it's like taking action and developing the skills. So also like what I was, but you can't take action is, and develop the skills if you don't know what the skills are. Well, and that's where I was about to go. It's like, I think the skills that are paramount in that are marketing and sales. Like right. maybe it's just the businesses that I've been involved in, but I don't know. You know, and there's, even if I, I'm a big fan of like paid marketing and paid advertising to start, even though I am falling in love with like organic uh, marketing. And I think, wow, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I just didn't really give it the attention that it deserved, even though we paid did is shit easy. Paid is it. easier. It's like. Paid is easy. Yeah. Like we did a shit ton of organic stuff throughout the entire time with Legion that compounded on the paid stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would say like, cause even if somebody's like, Hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to run ads. I'd be like, cool. Then you need to have a really good offer. And that's going to be the most important. Then it's going to be your copy and your creative. Right. We're going to be really good, but it doesn't matter. And there's so much like nuance Funny in there. But it's that. like, what's the? It's like the offer is going to be key. But you know, just like you know, even as we as we go to start bringing on new franchisees, I'm like, man, what is? I can teach them our model of gym. Like our model yeah. is the best. How we deliver like our workouts, everything like that. Like I believe I love it. So it's like, do Note I on want that when you're finished too? I'm gonna. That's gonna. That's yeah. gonna be part of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, do I want somebody that's like, whose who's foundational skills are in exercise science? I want them to be passionate about fitness, just like when I'm building a team, like I want people passionate about fitness. But actually, it's like, I want salespeople because that's a foundational skill that I want. I want somebody to, do, to understand skills. So if I'm going to be starting a business, I'm going to be developing the skills within sales and marketing. And those are the original skills that I developed early on too. And then I got better with like copywriting and offers and all that stuff. But like, you can't sell if you can't attract anybody to you. And then you actually can't sell them in, into if you're selling something invisible, some sort of intangible result or selling a product or whatever, the actual product. So I think especially zero to one, you have to have the ability to attract those clients. So it's like, so when we talk about gyms, like talking about step one, like building a successful gym, it's like having your successful campaign, which is the offer, the marketing fire behind it, the sales system, and then like delivering on that actual offer. But it's like getting the attracting the, the the new client and then signing them up. So like the most important thing in my opinion to develop skills for getting from zero to one is having a predictable way to get new clients, uh, whether it's new clients right. as far as service-based business or selling products. But I actually, yeah. I'm, I'm diving into the, our franchise story, right? Okay. Like how I started with you, because I think that's very yeah, relevant, yeah. right? Like, so my first business knocking on my neighbor's doors and shoveling snow or like mowing half their lawn, then knocking up and asking them for money. Right. I was a kid. I didn't know anything about business, but I knew how to like get people to give me money. Right. So first real business I, I started 
was a concrete business, right? I used to do like, I put an ad in the paper. I used to take a truck around, do like sidewalks and curbs and stuff like that. And I was oh, always wow. an entrepreneur. I wasn't actually a laborer. So I got my grandfather and my dad to do the jobs and I collect the money and they wouldn't charge me anything. I wouldn't pay them. I just like manipulated them into doing the work and got money. That was smart. Sounds like something you'd do. Yeah. So that was my first business. It failed. I then opened a tattoo parlor. It failed. And then I had a music career, which AKA is a business. It failed. Why did all these businesses fail? My next, my, my next step in entrepreneurship was all the way, I mean, fast forward into what, what I did was franchising a legion. Mm-hmm. I've always had the ability to sell. I didn't really know how to market. I know how to market now, but I think that you don't know what you don't know, right? I yeah. didn't know what it really took to run a business or what it was needed to run a business. I had no idea. I just knew do the work. That's all I knew. I think it was yeah. so beneficial going into a franchise and understanding this is a payment processor. This is how you set up products. This is how the price then. This is how the structure. I, I think just seeing that allowed me to be like, oh, this is all taken care of. I get it. And I can just apply my sales skills and just do what I do best. I think that helped me a lot. Now from going through there, and then our next business with, with FitPro, I think that I learned all the other stuff that I needed to know. But I think what really helped me out was like just having that structure there. Be like, yo, your talents are sales, sales and passion for fitness and like people. Do what you do. We got all this covered. This stuff is easy. Just follow the playbook, do it, and then you do your thing, what you're good at. And yeah. that's what allowed me to be successful there. That's But through that fit pro never I'm at now, I learned all the other sides. So it's really tough when you're getting started. Like you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. And it, 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 how do you figure that out? I figured it out by failing five times and then getting a franchise and getting it handed yeah. to me. Here's how you operate a business. Yeah. And I think, so I think that's an amazing testimonial to Legion Transformation Franchising. Um, so, I, and I do, th- I think that's really important. Like if you're, you're not, let's say, haven't had success or you've never even started your own business, like franchise is an absolutely great vehicle to it. Cause essentially it's a great business deal. in a box. Everything is already done for you. If you can just replicate and do the work, then you might get a really favorable outcome. But so why do like people fail? But thing. why do people fail in the same system that I would thrive in? Why can people fail? But there, it comes down to beliefs. But then you still have to develop the skills. Like you can have a sales process in front of you, but one you'll have to do it. But you also have to do it with conviction and belief and understanding. So you still have to develop the yep. skills. And I think that one one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking was Vern Harnish, who wrote Scaling Up. And he found he was like one of the founders of entrepreneurs he emails me five times a day. Dude, his email thing is like rough. It's like, God, slow down. Well, maybe you should step up your game because Frank Kern emails multiple times a day and he's one of the best marketers of all time. <laughs> I also so get I, him I off do it multiple list, times bro. a year. <laughs> yeah. You just because you don't market, you just call all the time or you don't email. But he was like, for him, and zero to one, it's it's the hardest. So we're talking about like zero to one, which is the hardest. Like starting a business, you failed multiple times. I've had businesses that I've, uh, you know, haven't been successful as well. Like that start part is hard. So he actually, yeah. I remember hearing him speak a couple of years ago. He's like, I'll never start a business from scratch again. I'll only start by, I'll only go into businesses or buy businesses that already have a proven concept. Yeah. That I've already done a million dollars in sales because then I can put the structure in it and then I'll just like blow it up. And there's yeah. a lot of people's belief on that. Because getting it started is very difficult. And then also, I've met some awesome dudes. Like when I started franchising, I talked to franchisees and franchisors to get a lot of feedback of like the good and the bad, what yeah. to expect, how can I how can I get new clients, how can I better serve the you know the franchisees. And I remember talking to one dude who's a killer entrepreneur. 
he, so I can't remember what his first business was. It might've been, it might've been like a blockbuster esque business. He started it, had that. And then he realized like the business was going out. So he sold it and was good. His next business was something similar, like some, something disrupted it and it like put it out, but he was able to, I think, get out of it unscathed. So he goes, my next business, I want to do it where one, I don't know how to actually do the service. And I want it where it's, it's going to be recession proof, technology proof. It's never going to go anywhere. So at the time I met him, which was a couple of years ago, so I'm sure it's much greater now. He had like 50 like supercuts maybe or hair yeah. cutteries or I think it was supercuts. So he had a ton. He's like, I don't know how to cut hair. He's like, they that as a result, like my team could never ask me to go into the chair, <laughs> but he was a phenomenal entrepreneur that already had the system that was built. Yeah. He like the whole model for like, hey, here's a barber shop and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, to yep. create a profitable business. It was already done. So all he had to do was then take his skills of yep. really, you know, leadership, managing a team, executing on marketing and branding and stuff like that, that are kind of already laid out. And then the cool thing about a franchise is not only do you have the model done, but then like when there's even more of you, like the, the bigger a franchise goes, the better buying power you get and stuff like that. Right. But you know, so he already had it there. So he's like, Hey, I like a lot, a lot of the stuff is like, it's kind of like done for me as long as I put the work in. And that's a, that is also another mistake that I think a lot of people go into franchising or actually even any business is they have to do the work within a franchise. It might already be completely laid out from like, here's how to, you've never opened a business. Here's what you do to get this business open. Here's the exact playbooks, all the stuff. Here's then the tools in order to be successful. Yep. But it's not done for you. Like the franchisor isn't going to run your business. Right. You have to run your business. You have to make sure things get executed. You have to, you know, to take the strategy and then execute it at that location or whatever, you know, your the business model is. And that's like he was like, Hey, it's already been done. I don't need to do that. I just gotta execute and I gotta lead the team and I gotta drive yep. and I gotta keep pushing forward. And he was just like, it was actually really cool because it got to the point where he had so many locations, he's like, I have to open up, I have to continue expanding so that my competitors can't take market share. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was actually one of the coolest things, like having that conversation with him is like, here you have this very seasoned entrepreneur that said, screw it, I'm going to get into franchising. And it's like, you look at, uh, what is it? Uh, like Shaq. Shaq has a shit ton of franchises. Yeah, a lot. Excellent businessman. Doesn't he have like, like a 50 shit something? I, I, it's either 50, 150, 200. I don't know. Like him, I think Michael, uh, is it Magic Johnson, I think has a ton. There's a lot of people that have a ton uh, where it's like, out. yeah, like you can put those skills in, but I think, I think Those that's a really good point of something. I, brands. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Like that's something I didn't think about that you said is, Hey, if you're looking cause I, you're like you're, somebody that gets into franchising is usually somebody who maybe is going from the corporate world. So it's like, that's what we're going to, we want to get some, just, we want to get salespeople. If I could get for Legion. I, but I almost think that you want like entrepreneurs. Like I almost think that the person has to – sales is a great skill, but you want somebody with that entrepreneurial bug because like you can't have an employee mindset going into it. Like because employees so, want to yes. be told what to do. They want to like have so much structure that like they can fail and they can fall and somebody will pick them up. Like you have to have somebody who's like, dude, I got this. Show me the playbook. Or they have to have that like some kind well, of entrepreneurial yep. ingredient in them. I do agree. They got to have entrepreneurial traits and skills and just like, like traits, really great employees. Like you, you've heard that term, like entrepreneurial, like you want the entrepreneurial. The, the thing is, and I think in franchising early on, you get a little bit more entrepreneurs that want to grow your brand. But like, there was a guy that we rejected because he was like, 
he was trying to be this entrepreneur, but he wanted to change the system. And it's like, hey, like that is the problem. Whereas like, if you are an entrepreneur, like when you get into franchising, you have the brand, you have the system. We can all improve upon it together when we get to that we phase. But you don't want to change it because if you change the ingredients and you're baking a cake, you're no longer going to have that same cake. Right. So there is a blend where you want to have entrepreneurial traits, but like something that you're you're good with and you did really good is you didn't try and change the things. You just executed yeah. and improved upon what was already in the playbooks. Whereas other people in this brand or other brands that haven't had success, they were like, I like this, but I'm going to do this instead. And it's like, well, that didn't work. You know, so there is, I think, going if you're going into a company or whether it's a franchise or any other company, the goal isn't necessarily to completely change it depending on the business, but it's to improve upon and use what's inside of it. So right. I think there's a, there's a blend of, and there's something I was doing yesterday. It's like early on in the franchise, you get a lot more entrepreneurial individuals uh, because there is a little bit more risk in an early franchise. Whereas afterwards you get those really good operators. More who are like, risk I'm and more reward. Operator. Yeah. Like they're like, I'm an excellent operator. So that's where like when you get franchises, you get people like Shaq who has 50 brands. You know, there's two ways to grow in franchising. A lot of times for franchisees, it's they can, open up more of the same brand or they're like, Hey, I'm going to open up multiple brands in like one area and, and right. then just, you know, kind of own that geographic market. So I think, yeah, I think you need to have entrepreneurial traits and skills. Uh, but while still being able to follow a playbook and not try and deviate it from, because then if you're just going to deviate, just do your own thing, start from scratch. You know, it's harder, but like, that's where like a lot of the people that we do consulting, like wouldn't be a good fit inside right. of legion right you know so it's like that's why you know we're able to do that but that's i always kind of thought franchising there. for me was like consulting right like he's i kind of learned everything i needed to, it was almost like yeah i got a great business from it right but like i think i learned i think for me it was almost like the learning experience of how everything operated i was like wow that was cool like i literally like was yeah. like it's almost like just working under you like, hey, dude, just show me how to do everything. I was showing how to do everything. I'm making money in the process. I'm like, oh, cool. I get it now. It was like it was like a, yeah. taking on an internship for me. I was like, wow, I get it. Cool. Yeah, it, that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. It taught me a lot that's of stuff. So, cool. I, And then, uh, you know, FitPro taught me a lot too. And like every step of the way, I, I, I learned a lot. You know, it's funny. I was telling um, one of the guys in our group the other day. I don't think I told you this. I was, we were talking about like um, all the members that were like in that chat or whatever in yeah, our yeah, live yeah. the other day. And I was like, dude, I learned a lot of my stuff just from Bob. <laughs> like, I'm on this mass where he's like, why are you in here? Like, I don't know, dude. I'm like, honestly, like I learned all my stuff from Bob, just like shooting the shit with him, <laughs> going, just starting businesses with him, doing stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm just in here because Bob's in here. It's fun. <laughs> it's I'll take the ego stroke. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Angela can be quite aggressive and it's fucking hilarious. So we're on a it meeting. Was, this is so irrelevant. We're on a group call in a mastermind we're in yesterday and somebody's asking a stupid question. And I have like zero tolerance for stupidity. It's probably comes from being a stupid person, right? Because I'm dumb. So like I have zero tolerance for it. I get it, right? I was the somebody was like, How do I sell more of my brand in 2020 or sell more products in 2020? I was like, and I'm like, dude, is this guy really asking this question? I'm like, I'm about to just like take my thing off mute and just like blast him. And Bob's texting me. What were you texting me? Well, see, it didn't bother me. I like, you know, it's, it's like, it, it does bother you a lot more. Like, it doesn't matter if he had a question, he didn't understand, he needed help working through it. That's the whole point of what we're in. 
But I knew it bothered the shit out of you, so I was just egging you on. Stop saying, say that's take your thing off Why are you telling me? Tell him. (laughs) He's like, you won't do it. And I was like, dude, don't do this to me. I was that kid in high school, and I always got in trouble because people dared me to do things. I was like, please don't do this to me. And Bob's like, you won't. And I like, and right in the middle of the meeting, boom. What was that question again? (laughs) It's like the person who's running it. I will say, like, I think it was, I think your answer was actually really good. Uh, And I think it was very helpful for him. And I think it would be helpful for anybody else. But yeah, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I just knew it bothered you. And I think maybe it's because we are, everybody's at different levels. Like you've been a massive student of the game for so long. And I think we have to, like you talked about the guy that emailed you. Like that is a good question for him at the stage he's at. And he just needs to learn more. It's like, you just need to develop the skills. And there's a million, there's a million courses out there on how to run apps. Like if, if I was brand new and I was like, there's, there's some really good marketers. If I was brand new and I needed to get a course, I would probably buy like the smart marketer course. Yeah. You know, that's, really that's where I said it. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's, it's such yeah. a great course. Like Molly Pittman and, and Pepin and that crew, like they're just, they're awesome when it comes to running apps. So, right. Cause, uh, you know, but there's, I mean, there's other ones out there, but it's like, Hey, I think, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you just got to invest in the time to develop the skills, but then you can take action. Like there's, I remember listen. I think Frank Kern said this when I did a when I did a high level fellowship course that he had, which was like a twelve or sixteen week course back in the twenty fourteen. It was like twelve or sixteen weeks, and it was it was guided. So like every week there was a, a new thing, and then at the yeah. end we had an event in San Diego. But he's. I, I wish I remember the stat, and I'm sure it's still true. But it was like only one percent or three percent of the people are actually going to go and finish the course. Dude, sure. Which is bonkers. Which is just bonkers. So it's if you're developing the skills, it's I literally see that right now with a course I put together yeah. for attorneys on how to sell intake and how to do this, dude. Literally, I, I'll tell you there's like I can count on two hands. We have like 140 clients. I can count on two hands. Yeah. How many attorneys have actually completed the program? Yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a bummer. And that's the thing, it's like there's always something that you can learn from there, but I think it's, you have to be open-minded to learn new things at every point of the game. And now I wasn't always like that. I was very like closed-minded and I knew I had that ego stage. I think when I first started getting success in business and you're like, I'm the fucking best. Ain't nobody can touch me. I still got a pretty big ego for sure. And definitely think I'm the best at what I do. But I also know that people above and below me, on the success ladder I can learn from, you know? And I, I think, actually, I think it's really exciting in the entrepreneurial space, like seeing what some of the, like these younger dudes are, and chicks are coming up with, like the, the success they're having, like so quickly and so early. It's, it's going to be interesting in the next 20 years to see how the game of wealth has changed and how quickly people can acquire it, you know, how much easier it is. And that are like, there's so much information out there. Like that's the tough part. There's so much information. You know, cool and that dude for like just straight trying to go to you but it's like, hey, unless you're honestly like going to pay for those shortcuts, oftentimes you're just, you actually you got to pay for the shortcuts. You, it's either you're going to pay for consulting and some coaching, or you're going to pay for, you know, pay for a course. But I think it's if you or, pay for or coaching, you pay for it, or you pay for ready, it messing up and having to go back and read. This is true. Yeah, you pay for it in like on the job training, and I think I think that is important. It's like you got to be careful where and who you learn from too, though, or how you learn. Like if sure. your brand, like, and that's what we're looking as far as inside of like gym academy and everything. Yeah, it's like, 
you know, there's some people that if they're just learning about marketing, they're not quite ready to even get into it. Cause a lot of people open a gym because they're fucking passionate about it. Like I love training people. And they're like, Oh, this is gym. But like, I think about the first couple of years in business for me, like there was a, an opening phase where I had to just read the books and, and read the websites and kind of get my feet wet a little bit before I was like, Oh, this is the next level, you know, kind of thing. And that's where we're trying to meet people where they are at every level so that we, we, they can grow with us kind of thing. And the same thing in the franchise, like the ultimate level, if you're thinking about opening a gym and you've never had one, boom, the recipe's already done in the franchise kind of thing. If right. you already have one, you need to turn it around. Boom. You know, that's the, the academy. Um, yeah, dude. Agreed. I like that. It was, you pay for it now, you pay for it later. Truth. Pay for it now, pay for it later. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.